0: Let's all go, you find two openings, and I'll read a third that we won't have you turn to, but go to Proverbs 10 and Ecclesiastes 11. Proverbs 10 and Ecclesiastes 11. We began some weeks ago on a series we're calling How to Harvest. How to Harvest. We saw in Genesis eight twenty two, don't turn there, but Genesis eight twenty two in the uh God's Word translation, he said uh, as long as the earth exists, planning and harvesting, cold, heat, summer and winter, day and night will never stop. The easy to read says there will always be a time for planning and a time for harvest. The BBE says, while the earth goes on, seed time and getting in the grain, he goes on to say, will not come to an end. This is a permanent, perpetual, universal principle as long as this earth exists sowing and reaping. And Jesus taught on what we call the parable of the seed or the parable of the sower. And when they questioned him about it, he said, you don't understand this. How can you understand any of the parables if you don't understand this? So you might say, this is the granddaddy principle of everything. And I've heard people mock and say, oh, you you hear these preachers uh, at offering time talking about sowing and reaping. And I've heard even supposed to be uh, Christians, and supposed to be some ministers say, there's nothing like that in the Bible. Oh, you wonder what Bible they're talking about. <laughs> because, dear me, I mean, it's from lid to lid. Yes, it is. You know what I mean by that? Anyhow, don't take my word for it. Uh, get into this study with us and see what we're talking about. But we found that, uh, you know, even amongst People that believe in sowing and reaping and people that believe in living by faith and these kind of things. Still, there is some misconception that the Lord has dealt with me that we need to deal with. We need to get corrected. And we're not talking about somebody else. We're talking about us Amen. right here. So uh, look at these verses and you'll see what we're talking about in uh, Proverbs, the 10th chapter and the 4th verse. Proverbs 10, four says, He becomes poor that deals with a slack hand. Is that just as true as any other verse in the Bible? Yes, it is. So you're going to be able, if you're slack and idle and not diligent, are you going to be able to say enough confessions to make up for it? <laughs> and he goes on to say, But the hand of the diligent... Makes rich. Verse 5. The very next verse. He that gathers in summer. Is a wise son. But he that sleeps in harvest. Is a son. That causes shame. Is it possible. To sleep through a harvest. Certainly you could do it. In the natural. You know there have been. uh, Instances of people. That lost their crops. By just not doing what they needed to do. It was time to get out there and plow it or, or weed it or treat it, you know, whatever needed to, to happen. And they didn't do that. And they just let it all grow up. Or it was time to go get the, the harvest in, the grain in, the fruit in. And they didn't. They just left it out there and let it spoil and, and let it rot or, or whatever. You can lose a crop. Right? right? Many people have, have lost crops. Well, is it possible that you could lose a crop spiritually with your sowing and reaping? Now, see, that's the thing a lot of times folks had not thought about. And they don't really like the idea of that. <laughs> but when we say sowing and reaping, we wouldn't have a clue what that meant unless we already knew about natural sowing and reaping. And the scriptures, uh, that's what he does. The Lord takes things we know about in the natural and tells us their spiritual counterparts. Elsewise, we wouldn't be able to relate. So the things, the principles that govern financial and material sowing and reaping are the very same as the principles concerning sowing corn or wheat or soybeans or anything else. It works the very same way. Do you believe this? It does. And so in light of that, there's a lot of things we ought to already know but have some things have gotten by some of us. Uh, Look in the Ecclesiastes, the 11th chapter. Ecclesiastes 11 and verse 4 says, "...he that observes the wind shall not sow, and he that regards the clouds shall not reap." The new century, the NCV, says, "...those who wait for perfect weather will never plant seeds." And those who look at every cloud will never harvest crops. If you go outside, you know your harvest needs to be gotten in. And you go outside and there's one little cloud up there and you go, I better not go. Might rain. Well, every day tomorrow there's going to be a might, could, right? And is it possible? I mean, he said the same thing about sowing. You can get to looking at the wrong thing. You can say, well, I got this coming up this week, and I got that coming up, and it's just not a good time for me to sow. Well, you know what time it'll be next week? It won't be a good time. You know what'll happen the next year? If you will let that stop you, the enemy has access to cause something else to happen, and there will always, and you got some people confessing it. They actually just join hands with the devil and say, yeah, you know, it's always something. If it ain't one thing, it's something else. Well, say it again and get more miserable. That's ridiculous. In the light of spiritual truth. Yeah, the enemy, if you listen, if you will let him thwart you, put you off, then you will always procrastinate and put it off and you will never sow. So you'll never have anything in the ground to reap. And there's a lot of folks in that sad category. But here's the other category and there's, the thing the Lord's emphasizing through this series, there's a lot of people who have sown. But that doesn't assure you will reap. Because according to this, you see two things already. It's possible to sow good seed in good ground and have a bumper harvest and yet lay in the bed and be idle and not get it in. Idleness. Everybody say idleness. And we also see you can sow good seed in good ground and the Lord bless it and you have a good harvest and yet you get to looking at the wrong things and think well we can't get we could never have we couldn't pay our house off this year look at the economy Well yeah but with the way things are down at the at the company the way things are with this and that you couldn't expect to get that now you're looking at clouds and believing lies That you can't have that kind of thing happen this month. Why couldn't God do it this month? In August of this year. Are there any set of circumstances that God's going to tell you and say, Well, I can't do it this month. Because of this or that. Or No, these are only clouds that you can fixate on. And let these circumstances talk you out of expecting and believing for. Or you could be a real man or woman of faith and just say, I am not moved by these little clouds. I don't care what I see. I don't care what they say. I don't care how it feels. I don't care how it looks. It can happen. It can happen for me, where I live, in my town, where I work, for my kids. And you can reap. You can reap 30, 60, 100 fold more. You can have miraculous things happen in your life, financial and materially. But what we have seen already is that though you sow, reaping is not automatic. And I think that is one of the big revelations that a lot of folks have not yet gotten. You, you hear it, and I, I'm not speaking disparagingly. I, I'm sure I haven't always said everything that I should have included and in, in said, but there's a lot of folks, if you listen to them, preachers and Christians alike, it sounds like that if you would just give enough and make enough confessions, everything's going to be wonderful. Yeah. You're going to have abundance running you down. But you don't have to look very far to see that's not the case. Because there are folks that have been giving and making confessions for a long time and they are not where they need to be. They're not experiencing 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. They're not experiencing 2.5-fold. And because of that, some have decided, well, that's not true. There's nothing to that. And some people say, well, I don't believe in all that multiplication stuff. I just believe if you give... God will bless you. Well, we believe that too. But what does that mean? That's mighty noncommittal. That sounds like you think once you give, it's all up to him. And that's where the problem comes in. Because there's a whole lot of folks believe the same thing in a bunch of other areas. People believe, well, whether you're healed or not is all up to God. Whether you're filled with the Spirit and speak in tongues, that's all up to God. If He wanted that, He could do it. But if it doesn't happen for you, He must not have wanted it. Well, God could heal you if He wanted to. But if you're not healed, must mean for some reason He didn't want you to. So they're saying it's all up to Him. There's even people believe that about whether you go to heaven or hell. That it's all up to him. All up to him. All up to him. All up to him. Is it really? No. Well, Is reaping all up to him? No. That's the issue. Many people believe once I've given something. That's the end of my responsibility. It's all up to him. It's not true in the natural. I mean some of the most rigorous work. Comes at harvest time. Isn't it? Everybody knows just because you planted, you know, 500 acres of soybeans and the sun shined on it and the rain came and you got an outstanding crop out there. The beans don't just march out of the field and get in the silo by themselves. Everybody knows that getting the soybeans in is not up to God. Every farmer knows that. Why don't we know that? So if you haven't been with us, go get the previous materials, the DVDs, the CDs. You can download it in its entirety off the, uh, the website. We've already covered a lot of ground. But last week we got into, or the last time I spoke, we got into uh, tithing as it relates to harvest. And I just, uh, I know in my heart, we're not through with that. And I want us to answer some questions tonight. Has tithing changed? Has tithing been done away with? Is tithing legalism? And any number of other things that you may have heard people say, reasons why they don't. I want us to talk about this. And before we go any step further, we're not talking about you tithing to this church. We're talking about you tithing to God. And if you, after studying of the scriptures thoroughly and honestly, if you say, well, I just don't believe in that, and that's your belief, well, we're not going to argue and fuss with you about it. Just see that it's not about the money. Because that's being dishonest. Phyllis and I are tithers. More Life Ministry is a tithing ministry. This church is a tithing church. We believe in tithing so much A lot of our folk that get married around here now. It's in their wedding vows. It's part of their ceremony. It's covenant. And when you understand it. You don't go. Well do we have to? (laughs) You don't understand. You desperately need to. If you're not. Because the devil. Is eating your lunch. If you're not. And you don't even realize what's going on. You need. Protection. You need. Blessing. And you need protection. And I don't care how much you give. And how many confessions you make. You will not have it. If you don't tithe. I know some folks don't like that. But don't look at me. And think well I got a problem with what you think. Go over these scriptures. Open your heart. Could you just say, whether you're in the house tonight or whether you're watching by internet, would you just say, not to me, to the Lord. Lord, if this is right and you want me to do this, I will receive it from you. Would you do that? I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about between you and him. Yes. If this is right and you want me to do this, I'm willing. I'm open. Surely you could say that to the Lord. Could you? <laughs> Malachi three. Now, if you don't know me, then you might think, well, he just, you know, trying to get people to give more. Uh, we've already received the offering. No plans for another one at the end of the service. And that's not true. That's being a crook. To be dishonest and try to twist scriptures. To manipulate people. To do things that they're not comfortable with. That's being a crook. I'm no crook. I'm not a liar. And I'm not a thief. If I don't believe in it. I wouldn't say it. And what I say. We do. This is what we practice. And I I know. This is one of the bedrock things. That begin to get Phyllis and I out of poverty. And helped us to begin to come up. And through all of these things. Those that have been around. You know, through every project that we've had, we finished right. yes. on time or early. That's right. No matter what was going on, sometimes our congregation was a fraction of what some other congregations were trying to do that. How could you do it? And in so-called hard times and tough economy. And you see everything just right on track. Just always there. That's not because of me or because of you as an individual. The Lord is doing something for us. And we haven't had the losses that we could have had. We haven't had stuff destroyed and messed up. And and all of the things that you heard and seen. I mean their church is closing their doors. All over this country and world. And we give all the glory to God. He has sustained us. And he has kept us. But I'm telling you. When you're describing this kind of blessing. And this kind of increase. And this kind of protection. You're talking about tithing. And it's not that we want you to give more. We want you to have this kind of protection. And this kind of increase. In your life. And and you cannot talk about reaping 30, 60, 100 fold. And how to harvest. And ignore tithing. Uh, let's read this and then I'll review just a little bit malachi 3 and verse 10 malachi 3:10 says bring ye all the tithes tithe means tenth tenth part or we might say 10% bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat or food in my house and prove me now herewith says the Lord of hosts if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Do we have to tithe? No, nor do you have to have windows of heaven pouring out blessing, not enough room to receive it. Verse 11, and you'll get the windows of heaven pouring out, not enough room to receive blessing. And that's not all. If you decide to become a tither today, you will also get, is that right? That's right. The devourer rebukes. All for your stuff Stuff, all for your stuff. That's right, stuff. Yeah. Stuff. That's right. Yeah. He will not destroy the fruits of your ground. Your vine will not cast her fruit before the time in the field. Hallelujah. Blessed and protected. Yeah. Yeah. These are the benefits of tithing. Now you can see the Lord has the ability to protect you from that which devours and destroys and even to to sustain you and your stuff from premature wear or decay. You know that his people in the wilderness, the Bible said their shoes did not wear out. All those years Trotting around out there in the desert, and their shoes never wore out. He has this ability to cause your refrigerator to just run and run and run and run and run and keep on running, and your car hmm, and your house. Everything in it. The Lord. See, what folks don't realize, what a lot of people call normal wear and tear, is being devoured. And then it begins to get obvious. You get something that's brand new and it's unusable in six months. That is not supposed to be your life. Are y'all with me, friends? That's a curse. Stuff breaking. Wearing out, being used up, being unusable, half of its service life. That's not supposed to be happening. And if you got that kind of thing happening and happening and happening, you need to begin to pray and find out why. Because this is eating up your profit. This is eating up money. You could be spending on something else. And if you don't, if you're not here and don't know this and are not doing this, you don't have to look any further. To get started right here. Look at tithing. Now. We went into some detail with this. Talking about how. To have a good crop. You got to have good seed. You got to have good ground to sow it into. But that's not the end. You can put the best seed in the world. And the best ground in earth. And if you don't have adequate rain, you don't have adequate sunshine and rain and the things you need, you can lose that whole crop. And that is the blessing of the Lord, isn't it? The rain from heaven, the sunshine from heaven, that's the blessing of the Lord. So if you don't have the blessing of the Lord on your sowing, you're not going to have anything to harvest. That's the first part of the benefits of tithing. The blessing. I will open the windows of heaven. I will pour out on you. That is descriptive of rain. You read that in other passages. But not only that. You can have abundant rain. You can have great weather. You can have 50 fold uh, crops sitting there ready to get in. And you can have a swarm of locusts come in there. If it's cotton, you can have weevils. You can have what are they called? Aphids. You can have beetles. All this kind of stuff. And I mean, these things can come in and swarm and just eat up your crop. And even though you had everything necessary to have a wonderful crop, get no crop. You can lose a crop because of pests. Insects. Things that Devour. So you need some blessing, That's right. and you need some protection, right. and what gets you that? Tithing. Tithing, tithing is not sowing, but if you want your sowing to be blessed, you need to be a tither. That's right. That's right. Now let's begin to deal with some of these uh, issues that people have about tithing, and and let's honestly search the scriptures concerning this. Go with me, if you would, to the book of Genesis, the 14th chapter. We're not talking about legalism. We're not talking about being required to do anything. Talking about truth that makes free. He said, bring all the tithes, the 10th part of everything. 10% 10% of everything, into the storehouse, that there may be fruit in my house, the Lord says. Um, just listen to these. They'll put these on the screen for us. You're waiting for me in Genesis. You're just sitting there, got your motors idling, ready huh, to go. You're ready to go. But you just sit there and idle there, and I'm going to give you this to, to prepare for. Leviticus 27.30. Leviticus 27, 30 says, all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. Now here's the question, is there a holy portion? Is there a part that belongs to the Lord? Now we're going to see this as we go through this further, but This deals with the actual existence of God. It deals with whether you believe in God or not. It's like prayer. If you don't believe in God, you don't pray. If you do pray, who are you praying to? If prayer is legitimate, God must be real. If God's not real, prayer is a delusion. Tithing is the same way. If you don't tithe, feel no need to tithe, it's like acting like there's no God. Like I got nobody helping me. I don't need any protection. I live by my wits and my brawn. And my money that I make is my money. And I don't owe anybody anything. Really. Personally, I believe I could not be standing up here moving my mouth tonight unless somebody was helping me out. I believe there is an almighty God who created the heavens and the earth and he's the one that keeps the sun shining. He's the one that keeps gravity working. He's the one that keeps my heart beating. He's the one that helps me to think. And so everything that I'm able to do and have any success in, the first thing I ought to think of is he helped me to get this. And to have this and to do this. And so like prayer to return the first tenth part to him is saying, Lord, I acknowledge you are my source. I'd have nothing if it wasn't for you. It all came from you. But if you say, no, I don't owe God anything. I don't owe God any tenth. What you're saying is no part of what I have belongs to him. What I have, mine's is mine's. I earned it by my sweat, by my smarts. I don't owe God anything. None of what I got is His. And then you got people that get out of that ditch and go all the way across the road and ditch on the other side and go, well, I don't tithe because everything I have is the Lord's. Oh, that sounds religious, doesn't it? I mean, Well, if everything you have is the Lord's, why are you using so much of it? If it's His, give it to Him. And if everything you have is His, then you have nothing to give Him. Anything that would go from you to Him, you didn't give Him anything. It wasn't yours to give to start with. No, that's not right the Lord said the tenth is mine did he say it we just got through reading it to you and there are numerous other places that say the same thing but he didn't say twenty percent is mine he didn't say fifty percent is mine he didn't say eighty percent is mine man I wish the government would tell me ten percent would you let me just stop right here. Do we support our government more than our God? Why don't folks tithe? Well, I just, I just don't believe that it's for today. Why do you believe that? We're going to go into this further. Go ahead and smile a little bit. There's no need to, to get get perturbed about it because nobody's going to make you do anything. Nobody can right. make you do anything. That's right. You know, when this is over tonight, you're going to do what you're going to do. That's right. I know that and you know that. <laughs> and I'm not trying to make anybody and there's no pull here. I'm telling you what I believe That's right. and what we do That's right. and what I can see working. That's right. That's right. And I'm not trying anything. We've been doing it for decades and I'm going to do it till I leave here. This is what we believe. And if this is your church, and I'm your pastor, and we're leading you, then if you're not doing it, you need to have a good reason why. Do you know what you're doing? And why you're not doing it? Or is it just about the money? Are you just scared? Well, let's get free. I said, let's get free and let's get all the blessing we're supposed to have yes. and let's get all the protection we're yes. supposed to have yes. and begin to come up to the reaping yes. does this have anything to do with our reaping yes. can you see why I'm still on it yes. and we need to camp on it some more because you can't really talk about harvesting and leave this alone and ignore it and sometimes we'll preach on something people say well we preached on that You know, let's go to the next thing well no if folk are not doing it there's no need coming up with something new right. <laughs> Right? Well, how do you know people are not doing it? I don't look at the books. I don't know what you give on purpose. I just know it in here. I know some people do. I know a number of people have for years now. You made some changes years ago, and you have been on it, and you are on it. And you're blessed, too. And you know you've come up from where you were. But there's some other folks, bless their hearts. They think they're smarter. They think they're more spiritual. And they got these revelations, and it's a bunch of junk, because it's all excuses, ways to dance around stuff. No, let's be solid in and on the Word. Not opinions, not theories. The Word. Deuteronomy 14:22. Now you're still idling over at Genesis. You shall truly tithe all the increase. Of your seed that the field brings forth year by year. And we have numerous other uh, verses that talk about this, but one of the most clear ones is in the New Testament. Oh, yeah. oh, come on. Come on. New Testament? New? N E W? New, New yeah. Testament. Something Jesus said. That's right. Matthew 22. Matthew 22 and 21, they brought to him, you know, that they came and asked him, trying to tempt him, is it lawful to pay tribute and taxes to Caesar, trying to get him in trouble. And um, he said, bring me a coin. They brought him a piece of money. And of course, the money had the emperor's uh, likeness on it. And he said, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. And unto God, yes. the things that are God. He's talking about money. Yes, is. Now we know that Caesar or the IRS or whoever tells you this is ours. That's right. And it makes no difference if you say, well, I have a different revelation. I don't believe in taxes. Now see, what if folk tried with the IRS what they do with God? I don't believe in tithing. Well, try that with the IRS. I I don't believe in taxes. I know you say that this 15%, 20%, 30%, 40%, 50% is yours. But you know, I work hard for that money. And that's my money. All they got to do is say, no, it's not. It's our money. And when they say it's their money, then by golly, it's their money. Whether you like it or whether you don't. And you best give them what they said is their money, not only because it's the law of the land, but because Jesus, the head of the church, told you to give it to them. I hear coughing and choking in the background. <laughs> Look, don't, don't choke up over it. Just believe for extra to come in. To come, but just believe if I'm obeying God, he can take care of me, whatever it takes. And I've said this before, you know, people say, well, yeah, but they waste so much of that money. And I just, uh, not mine. They're wasting people's tax money that are cussing and don't care. My money goes, my tax money goes for good things. It goes to outfitting our troops. It goes to building roads and, and for the schools and everything else. That's somebody else's money they're wasting. (laughs) <laughs> and I can pay my taxes in faith. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right? Believing I'm obeying the Lord right. and the laws of the land and I'll be blessed. That's right. Or you can do it grudgingly and try to lie and then you'll be condemned and you'll be guilty and you could get in trouble and all other things could happen. But just as surely as there are taxes that belong to the government, there is a portion that belongs to the Lord. That's right. Did we read it? Yeah. Did Jesus say. Render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar, And unto God the things that are God. So there's obviously a portion. A part that belongs to the Lord. Just like we got through reading. The tenth is holy to the Lord. It's his. He said it's mine. Right. What you got to decide. Once and for all. Is whether that ten percent. Is yours. Or his. If it's his. And you get that settled. You quit wrestling with it. Right. Well, no, I want to give this. It ain't yours to give. Right. Right. Well, I'm going to do this or not. It's, not. it's not your choice. If a part of something comes in is your money, then I can't do with it what I want to. I can't spend it on what I want to. It's your money. Right. Right. Well, the tithe is God's money. Right. Right. It's his. Right. Yeah. Then if it's his, there is no option about, well, I'm going to use this to pay my bills and then later on I'm going to pay him back it's not, it's not yours that's right. if you use it to do something else with it you're taking his actually the previous part of Malachi 3 used the word rob yes. will a man rob God that's right. how could he say that if he doesn't see that as his that's, right. that's mine yes. the scripture says the tithe is the Lord's yes. could you quote a scripture would you quote that scripture tonight? Yes. The tithe, the tithe is, is the Lord's. He said, It's holy to me. Yes. It's special to me. It's separated to me. Why would he do that? Because he needs your money? No. I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but old friend, yes. it's because he wants in your business. Yes. And this is how you let him in. Yes. Not quite. Through with the, the New Testament, just keep her in gear there in in Genesis. In fact, you, you can hold your place and turn to this one. Matthew, you we were there in Matthew. Go to Matthew 23. Did you notice Matthew is also in the New Testament? Matthew 23. I might say, so, well, brother Keith, you're very plain and very specific, important about this. I believe I'm following a directive. Amen. I don't, like I said, we, we haven't taught on this even every year, but uh, I need to know that I've done what the Lord told me to do about this. And you can't say, well, my pastor didn't didn't teach me. I didn't know. You can't plead ignorance. Right? <laughs> and then him say, Keith, why didn't you teach them? I told you what to do and you didn't. No, going to do it. We're going to do it. In Matthew 23, 23. He said, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin. That's like tithing your salt and pepper (laughs) and sugar and flour. Tithing. (laughs) They got a new box of salt and they poured it out and they cut off a tenth. And they said, that's the Lord's salt. Now people to say that's ridiculous. Jesus didn't say it was ridiculous. He said, but you've omitted the weightier matters of law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought ye to have done. What does that mean? And not to leave the other undone. Is he saying you should have tithed? Yes. Listen to the, uh, the living Bible. He said, you tithe down to the last mint leaf in your garden but you ignore the important things justice mercy and faith yes you should tithe but you shouldn't leave the more important things undone did Jesus say yes you should tithe red letters New Testament did he say it you know that carries a lot of weight with me yes hallelujah Yes, you should tithe. This is an interesting night tonight, isn't it? Hallelujah. <laughs> well, I don't know if I like this or not. I'm reading something Jesus said. Yes, you think you don't like that? Yeah, you like it. If you like him, you like what he says. Right? There is a holy portion. There is a part that belongs to the Lord. Now to Genesis. Where you're sitting there ready to go. Or you had your thumb there I guess. Genesis. I believe this to be the first mention of tithing in the Bible. And it is what Abraham did. This is before the Ten Commandments. This is before the law. This is before Moses. People say well tithing is just part of the law. No tithing was before the law right. during the law and after the law yeah. and if you say well, well tithing has changed in the New Testament why has it changed we still give offerings that's Old Testament yep. right yep. we still pray yes, sir. we still repent yes. we still have faith in God We still are supposed to obey God, all Old Testament. We still believe thou shalt not murder, Mm -hmm. shalt not lie, don't steal, don't commit adultery. Hmm? What? These are truths. Now, for instance, some things have changed. We don't offer bulls and goats for our sins. But unless something had significantly happened in the new covenant, we should still be doing it. But because the Lamb of God has come, come on now, and offered himself once and for all, there is no more sacrifice needed for sin. That's why we don't offer bulls and goats anymore. Their blood for our sins. That's been very, made very plain. It's in the New Testament, it's explained in Romans and Hebrews and Galatians, but there is no such modification for tithing in the New Testament. In fact, Jesus upheld it, and Paul spoke about it in Hebrews as well. And you can, you you see, I saw something today I had not seen about this, that ministered to me powerfully. I hope we can get to it. i got a series I'm trying to cram into the rest of the night. Are you believing with me or not? Yes, do you care about this? you believe this to be important? Yes, sir. It's very important. Huge portions of the body of Christ. Good church-going people do not tithe. Huge portions of church-going people don't tithe. It's just a fact. I just know that in my spirit. And it's sad because they're forfeiting this blessing and this protection and this opportunity to honor God. And they think they have reasons why, and it's confusion, and some of it's ignorance, and some of it's just dishonesty. But let's get it straight. What do you think? Well, let's get it straight. Let's get it clear. Let's... It's not about what this group believes or what Brother Keith believes or this denomination. What does the word say? Are you honest about what you see in the word? And don't let it be about the money. Be honest. Be sincere. Several people said at the beginning, Lord, if this is right, if you want me to do this, help me to see it, I'm open. I'm willing. If it's not, if it's not his will, I I wouldn't want you doing it anyway. Genesis, I believe this to be the first mention of tithing in the Bible, in the scriptures. And it is many, many, many years before there was any law or commandments or Moses came on the scene. Many, many, many years. Genesis 14 and 8, need to read some scriptures to you. There went out the king of Sodom and the king of Gomorrah and the king of Adma and the king of Zoboam. And the king of Bela. And they joined battle with them in the vale of Siddim. Keep reading. We're going to read for several verses here. When Kedor Laomer, the king of Elam, and with Tidal, king of nations, and Amraphel, king of Shinar, and Ariok, king of Elisar, four kings with five. Now this is a conflict. Four kings and their armies against five kings and their armies. This is quite the conflict. And the vale of Sodom was full of slime pits. And the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah fled and fell there. And they that remained fled to the mountain. They took all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah and all their victuals, and they went their way. And they took Lot, Abram's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom and his goods and departed. And they did not know it, but that's one guy they should not have taken. Because he was linked with a man who had a covenant with God. And had faith. And there came one that had escaped and told Abram the Hebrew, for he dwelt in the plain of Mamre the Amorite, brother of Eshcol and brother of Aner, and these were confederate with Abram. And when Abram heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his trained servants, born in his own house, three hundred and eighteen and pursued them under Dan. Now, what if he'd been so poor and so broke he didn't have any employees? Yeah. Yeah. And he divided himself against them, he and his servants by night and smote them and pursued them under. Well, now, hold up, hold up. Smote who? Who? These multiple kings, confederate together with their armies, that have defeated. Sodom and Gomorrah and the other kings join with them and their armies. He takes, now it's 318, sounds like a handful, but not against multiplied king's armies. Right. That's right. And he had some, some people say, well, yeah, but his neighbors also came with him. Well, even if they did. <laughs> this is David and Goliath, brother. Right. This is. Now there's several hundred of us in here. How'd you like to go and on, take on some nation's army? Nope. I say, yeah, let's do it. Come on. I'll lead you. It's just a little country. Right. Yeah, but these are armed soldiers. This is what they do. <laughs> and we go to church. <laughs> he smote them and pursued them unto Hobah, which is... On the left hand of Damascus. Keep going. And he brought back all the goods. All the stuff. He brought his brother Lot. And the goods. And the women. And all the people. He whooped them. Took away everything they had gotten. All the people. All the cows. All the goats. All the sheep. All the horses. All the gold. All the silver. All the jewels. This is a miracle. I think, you know, it said he attacked them by night. He split up his 318 and they hit them from different. It was dark. I think they thought they had been surrounded by superior numbers and had no clue. It was Abraham and his staff. 318. It worked for him. That's right. I think the fear of God fell on them and it was dark and people started getting taken down and they they just, they they surrendered and they ran off. Armies ran off. And they just gathered up. Everybody go, go, come on with us. You're free now. And they got all the gold and all the stuff and all the livestock. Somebody say miracle. Miracle. This is a mighty miracle. 17. King of Sodom went out to meet him. After his return from the slaughter of Kedor Laomer and of the kings that were with him. Who did this slaughter of all these kings and their armies? Abraham, Abraham and his crew. Yeah, What's the moral of this story? Don't mess right. with the covenant man, right. yeah. don't mess with a faith man. He'll take a drinking straw and beat you up. Right. Yeah. Because if God is on your side, right? I don't care how many tanks and missiles you got, it don't stack up against God. What are you doing coming out about it? who you got? I got me and, and 318 of my buddies and God. <laughs> but then they're terribly outnumbered, then, aren't they? It's time for them to run away. Verse 18, notice what happened. Look, verse 17, back up, let's see the progression. King of Sodom went out to meet him. What their combined armies could not do, this man and his staff accomplished. And now he goes out to meet him because he has, Abraham has not only rescued his relative Lot, but he got all the inhabitants of the city. And so the king goes out to meet him, hoping he will let him have his people back. And verse 18, Melchizedek, king of Salem, came. Now there's much said about this individual in the book of Hebrews. And we're told that he represents our great high priest, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that he brought bread and wine. And he was the priest of the most high God. Do we have a great high priest. This passed into the heavens. Jesus. The son of God. We do. Verse 19. And he blessed him. The high priest. Blessed. Abram. He said blessed. Abram of the most high God. Possessor of heaven and earth. Verse 20. And blessed be the Most High God, which has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abraham gave him tithes of all. That's right. Now I want to stop right here. Who taught Abraham to tithe? Why did he do this? There was no law. And why was it 10%? Why wasn't it half? Why wasn't it 30%? Why wasn't it all? Where did he get 10%? Why did he do this? Here's the thing I said I saw today that I had not seen before. He did this by revelation. And he did this by faith. So when people say I just believe in giving by revelation. And say they don't believe in tithing. Totally contradictory to this passage. I just believe in giving by faith. That's what he did. He tithed by revelation. And he tithed by faith. And he's held up as our example. Isn't he? In Galatians 3 and Romans 4. It says those that are of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. And he is the father of all those that believe. Is he your father? Then you ought to walk in his footsteps. Do what he did. This has got nothing to do with law. Got nothing to do with somebody told him he had to tithe. Nobody ever told him that. And he taught his sons this. And they taught their sons this. And Abraham and Isaac and Jacob also called Israel were tithers they did it. why wasn't religious wasn't denominational or church requirements wasn't in the law they had no scripture telling them that they were supposed to say it out loud they did it by revelation revelation. and they did it by faith faith. reckon how we should tithe today by revelation not legalism not because somebody, some groups that we had to or were supposed to. It's a revelation you got to get. And that's why I'm waving my arms and reading scriptures to you tonight. I want you to get the revelation. Amen. And not do it because I said so or some preacher. But you get the same revelation Abraham got. He's your father in the faith. You're his child in the faith. Galatians 3, 6, let me just read this to you. Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. They which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. And what he did by faith so that he he was made righteous because of his faith is the same as we do in the new birth today. It preempts the law. And goes past the law. Mm -hmm. The way Abraham lived is the same way we're supposed to live. He didn't do things by law. He did them by faith. And he was a tither. We also know that he was so blessed that God protected him. And poured out increase on him. He had so much stuff. There wasn't enough land. That's right. That's right. To graze. Oh, that sounds familiar. Yeah, that's right. Does that sound like. Windows of heaven. That's right. Blessing poured out. Yeah. Not enough room to receive it. That's right. Skip on over to the 28th chapter of Genesis. Can you take a little more? Yeah. Yes. Genesis 28. Jacob has pulled one too many tricks (laughs) and his brother's mad enough to kill him and he's got to leave home. And it really wasn't planned and it wasn't something he wanted to do. But he finds himself out in the wilderness by himself, just a a young man with nothing. Everybody say nothing. Nothing. Say it again, nothing. Nothing. We know from other scriptures that at this point in his life, he's had to run away from home. He's going to people who don't even know kin folks that he's going to find out <laughs> later. He's really going to have to watch because they keep putting stuff in the fine print and ripping him off. His his uncle Laban was like, "Sure, you could come work for me. Yeah, great." And he ripped him off. Over and over again. At this point. He doesn't know. Whether he will live to ever see. His family he has just left. You can imagine. Him being. A young man alone. Out in the wilderness. Where are you going? What's going to happen to you? But there. You know he. He had a revelation. And he saw angels of God going up. And coming down and he set up the stone that he had slept against and, and made it an altar and Genesis 28:20. 20, Jacob vowed a vow and he said if God if you'll be with me and if you'll keep me in this way that, that I go and you'll give me bread to eat and raiment to put on he didn't know where his next meal is coming from That's right. only clothes he's got on his back or in a little roll that he got in his hand yes. you could say he's homeless at this point jobless, moneyless, no prospects. He said, if you'll do this, Lord, if you'll be with me, you'll keep me from dying. You know, these wild animals from getting me or some robber from getting me. And if you'll give me something to eat, give me something to put on. And if you'll help me one day to come back to my daddy's house, help me see my family again in peace. Then I'm telling you tonight, This is just a a boy out here by a rock. He said, Lord, you'll be my God. I'm making a covenant with you here tonight. Verse 22 And this stone which I have set for a pillar will be God's house. And of all that you shall give me, I will surely give the tenth to you. He doesn't have anything, but he's entering into a, a commitment and covenant with God. Come on, can you see this? Having to thank every young man and every young woman. That's why we like to see it in these marriage vows. Everybody ought to stand up before the Lord. Because every young person embarks on life with a whole bunch of unknowns. Where am I going? Where will I wind up? How will I ever have my own family and, and my own house and my own money and my own stuff and any independence or here's where it starts come on can you see this you stand up and you say Lord I'm going to be your man and you're going to be my God and it's me and you the rest of the way to the end you told me you're never going to leave me you're never going to forsake me and I'm telling you I'm never leaving you and I'm not going to forsake you and I'm telling you right now, before I ever got a job, before I ever sell anything, before I ever make any money, before I ever do anything, everything you help me to get, I'm going to give the 10th part to you. I'm going to tithe to you. Can you see this as a revelation? Can you see this as faith? There's no commandments. There's no law. He's got no Bible to read. There's no Leviticus. There's no Numbers. There's no Deuteronomy. There's no Genesis written Why would he even know this? Because his daddy got it from God, and now it's real to him. And now he's on his own. He knows there's nobody out there to help him, but God. And he's getting serious about this. And a big—can you see a big part of his commitment? Yes. It's tithing. Well, the Lord helped him. He made it through. The lion didn't get him. The bear didn't get him. Robbers didn't kill him. He married uh, Laban's. Daughter and then another daughter. And he worked and worked and worked for nothing and nothing and nothing. He got ripped off again and 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 again I'm quoting scriptures. Go back and read and see how many times he got ripped off. How many times Laban changed their agreement and changed his pay. But there came a time. After years, somebody say years. years. After years. Years. He said, I got to go. And Laban tried to talk him out of it. He said, no, I, I got to go. The Lord has dealt with me. I got to go. And so he took what he had and he left. And what he had had become substantial. And when he met his brother, he sent gifts. He sent whole flocks of sheep and goats and oxen camel ahead of him whole flocks and when he met his brother his brother said what is this he said it's just a gift it's just a gift and he said no you you can't give me well he, he didn't know whether he was going to try to kill him or not and they're trying to he, he's hoping they can make up and, and, and he said no keep your gifts he said no I got plenty I got plenty I can afford this here's a boy who had nothing just a few years ago. I want you to read Genesis thirty two and five. He said, I have oxen, I got donkeys, I got flocks, I got Mercedes, I got diamond rings, I, huh? I got nice shoes. I got dogs and cats and pickups and tractors and I got help. Right. Man, I got a bunch of uh, men helping me, a bunch of women helping me. And I have sent to tell my Lord that I can find grace in your sight. Please yes. take these gifts from me. Mm-hmm. And verse 10, you know the, the spot where Jacob prayed and sought the Lord. And, and there was the things that happened there. But he said to the Lord, he said, I am not worthy of the least of the mercies and of all the truth that you have showed to your servant for with my staff remember what a staff is it's a stick with my stick I passed over this Jordan because now see he's at the Jordan and he's going to go back over the Jordan and see his family then I'm sure the devil told him as a boy you'll never see them again and he's now getting to go over to the Jordan, the other direction, go back and see his family, go back to his homeland where he was born, where he grew up. He said, I passed over this Jordan with a stick, and now I have become two bands. That's right. He separated them, and one of them looked like a wealthy man's possessions. He had yes. two of them. Yes. New Living Translation says, when I left home, I owned nothing except a walking stick. And now my household fills two camps. That's just his personal household. This, somebody says, I don't believe in hundredfold. What's that? Come on, Huh? He had a stick. Somebody see a whole camp spread out of people and livestock and poor folks all over the place. And they said, is that your camp? He said, yeah. And that one too that's one of them yeah like you said one of them this is blessed that's right this is blessed did did God enable him to harvest he harvested he reaped some cows and goats and sheep and precious metals for a while it looked like nothing was happening for him looked like he was just you know going nowhere yes I want you to tell me where this began. It began with him by himself out in the woods by a rock with a stick making a commitment to God and saying, God, you'll get me out of here. You help me. Give me something to eat and something to wear and get me through. I'm telling you here tonight, nobody out there to hear him except God. That's right. Just him out there by himself. You will be my God. That's right. And everything you give me, yes. I'm gonna give the tenth part back to you. Yes. Next thing you know, he had to have been protected from stuff consuming all of that. He had to be increased to multiply like that, right? Can you see? These are blessings of tithers. Can you say amen? Do you have to tithe? No, you don't have to tithe. You don't have to pray. You don't have to go to church. You don't have to obey. You don't have to love your neighbor. You're supposed to, but you don't have to. You can do whatever you well decide to do. But if you're smart. Have I got any smart people in here? Come on. If you, if you got some smarts, if you'd open up your if you believe how big God really is, then you got no problem. I think some folks want to do this tonight. I think some folks want to do what Jacob did. And the important thing is not that you do something for somebody else to see or hear. You do you need to do this sincerely by yourself, like he did. But you don't have to wait either. You can do some things in your heart here tonight before you get out of here, just between you and the Lord. Let me read this to you. First Corinthians four. First Corinthians four and verse seven. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I was about to leave that out. Not ready for 1 Corinthians 4. Revelation 3 and 7. Revelation 3. Now, what did we read in Malachi 3? Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat or provision in my house. And prove me now herewith, says the Lord, if I will not open the windows of heaven. Everybody say windows Windows. of heaven. If I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing till you don't have enough room to receive it and I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. This term windows is the very same word used When the flood came. In Noah's time. And the Lord. Caused openings. In the sky. Now obviously. The atmosphere was different. And if you read the scriptures. There were waters above. And waters below. Think about what kind of protection. From UV. And radiation. And all this other stuff. An ocean above the sky would be, it, it changed everything. It would be a different pressure ratio. You would feel different. You would be different. We don't know the perfection of the earth in its original creation. But the Lord caused windows. And through these windows, it didn't just rain. Uh, that's, I'm sure that's how some scientists try to say that's impossible that that could have happened that enough moisture could have developed to rain on the earth. Well, you've seen just what some heavy rains can do. But it wasn't just that. He caused windows, openings to come, and all that water gushed in, and I mean everything on the earth was covered. Everything. And eventually it all drained back down into the ocean basins, but that's the same word used in that tithing passage. Openings. I don't want you to focus so much on the mass of it as what it is. Everybody say opening. What is an opening for? Something to come from one place to get through to another. Does the Lord need, desire, an opening? And openings into our life? He does. He set it up that way himself. Revelation three and seven. He said to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, Write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that has the key of David, he that opens, 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 and no man shuts. And he shuts and no man opens. Does the Lord open things? He opens. What happens through openings? Window. A window is an opening. Anybody got any windows at your house? Okay. When you open the window, what happens? Well, what's on the outside can come in. Or what's on the inside can come out. Something can pass from what was formerly couldn't get in the house. Now it can get in the house. Does the Lord need openings To get into our life, to get into our finances, to get into what's connected to these openings. Tithing, the tithe. It's an act of faith, it's an act of honor, it's an act of obedience. And God says, it's an opening for me. And through that opening, I'm going to pour you out blessing. And it's going to be able to get from me to you. I don't know if that does something for you or not, but it does something for me. I, I've seen it. I know it's true. Somebody say openings. In this same third chapter of Revelation 3 and 20. 3 and 20. Jesus said what? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Who does? Jesus. Jesus. Now, if th- some theologians are correct. That couldn't be true, because if the Lord wants in your life, He's sovereign, He's omniscient, He's coming through. He will just do it, whether you want it, whether you don't, whether you like it, whether you don't. He's God. He wants in your room. He will be in your room. Yes. That's men's ideas. That's right. Tell me what Jesus does. Does He want in your room? Yes. He wants in your room. Will he make you open the door? Will he force himself in your room? No. No. What will he do? We're talking about the head of the church. Talking about the master. Knocking on your door. If any man. Who who does this work for? Anybody. Will hear my voice and do what? Open the door. I will come in. I will come into him. And I won't just come in and say hi and go. I will sit down. I will eat with him. I will spend time with him. Yes. I will fellowship with yes. him. I will get in his life. Right. I will get in his business. Right. Yes. Yes. Who opens the door? That's you. That's me. And if you don't open the door. And he does not have access. There is no window. There is no opening for him to get to you and do for you what he wants to do for you and help you. You have to open the door. I trust after tonight that when you think of tithing, you won't think arguing and fussing and do we have to and net and gross and denomination and this one. I want you to think this. I want you to think let her come on in come on in because that's what he said do you desire do you need the Lord in your business in your money affairs in your finances your material do you want him in there do you need him in there he will not just be in there. Right, and no matter what he wants for you and me. He will not make us have it. He will not push it. He will not force us. Tithing. Is a holy. Special. Thing he has given us. That lets him in. It takes faith to do it. People say I don't have money, enough money to do it. That's not true it's just simply not true it's a matter of not having enough faith to do it I can't afford to do it if you keep the tithe I assure you you will not keep it the devourer will consume his money you kept and yours too do not be deceived keeping his money is not going to help you in any way shape Form or fashion, it just forfeits a blessing and prevents protection. That's right, yes, sir. Good word. Ninety percent blessed and protected. I'll take any day over a hundred percent cursed and unprotected. We've all experienced cursed. Where well, you got it? And man, before you could turn around, it's all gone. Where did he go? And then this happened, and that happened, and you thought you got ahead one step, you got knocked back two. And if it wasn't one thing, it was something else. That's the devourer. That's not being blessed, that's not being protected. I want you to stand up. Oh, Lord, I'm so thankful. He helped me to get this out tonight. He used me. Thank you, Lord. I am so thankful. I could not have expressed this at all without your your utterance and your greatness and your goodness. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I want you to close your eyes and just lift up your hands to the Lord. Oh, Father, we worship you. We glorify you. We adore you. We magnify your holy name. How good you are. We are not unbelievers. We are not skeptics. We are not doubting intellectuals. We are believers. And we believe in you. Everybody say it out loud with me. Only if you mean it in your heart. If you don't mean it, don't say it. But if you do say it out loud. Father God. I believe in you. With all my heart. All my soul. All my mind. All my strength. You are real. And you are good. And I acknowledge. I would, I would not exist if not for you. Not for you. You, gave me life you gave me life and you sustained me you you sustain. every, moment every moment of the day. I would have nothing, would have nothing except, you except you opened your hand and allowed me to have it, allowed me, allowed, have it. Me to do it allowed me to do enabled it, me. enabled me, gave me, strength, gave me the strength, the favor, the, favor. the ideas The understanding, the wisdom, the opportunity to get it, to do it, to have it. I acknowledge you are my God and I'm completely dependent on you. Hallelujah. 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 Now I'm going to reaffirm my commitment to tithing. You do what you want to do. If you don't believe it, if you're not sure, don't say it. Don't do it. But if you are sure and you've gotten settled tonight, then you can. If not, go home, pray about it some more. But don't be deceived. Let the word of truth dwell in you richly. Hallelujah. And let it settle with finality all the affairs. If you want to say it with me, say it. If you don't, don't. Father God, God, I I say, like Abraham... Like Isaac, like Isaac, like Jacob, like Jacob. of old. Of old. You, are my God. you are my God. I am with you, am with you. Forever. forever. You will never leave, me. You will never, leave me. You will never me. you will never forsake me. I will not leave you, not leave you. By, your by your grace. I will not forsake, you. I will, not forsake I will you. I will stay with you and you will be my God. And I will be your child. child. And as you help me. And and give me food to eat. And clothes to wear. And a place to live. And everything I need. need, And good things to enjoy. enjoy, I will certainly. certainly Give the tithe. tithe To you. you. I will certainly. certainly return Return the holy portion. To my God. And you told me, you told me when, I do this, when I do this, you will open the windows of heaven. You will make openings to get things from heaven, get things from heaven into, into the earth. And you will pour out blessing on me until I don't have room until I don't have to heaven. receive it all. To receive all and, you will and you will rebuke the devourer, the devourer for the my sake. And I will be blessed and and called delightsome, delightsome, blessed of the Lord Lord. who made heaven and earth. earth. Oh, praise God, praise God, praise God. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church.